talk trash about the things people love to hate, hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just get, just let me just, I need to touch every single person in this movie theater. It's not, it's not a big deal. Let me just collapse on top of everyone's popcorn. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you would have done. And that's why we had to keep you out of theaters for this episode. (laughs) Safe in your quarantined bedroom. So I know. Congrats Uh. to the world. We got Matt off the streets. One less thing to worry about. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Although technically you're allowed to be on the streets. You're allowed to walk around as long as you just don't like <laughs> touch somebody. I don't know. Confusing yeah. to me. How I think there's a TikTok spread. skit in there somewhere. You know, you can play like the no touching game where you get really close to a person and then say, I'm not touching you. See how long it takes to get punched in the face or something. Are you just trying to get me punched in the face? Is that <laughs> yeah. your new goal? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's a win-win, as they say. Well, you guys, this week we were supposed to be doing an episode on The Hunt. I was pushing for it really hard. <laughs> I don't know if we ever confirmed that, actually. Well, you, but... in revisionist <laughs> history, we did. Yeah. And instead, the coronavirus came and shut all the theaters mm-hmm. and just ruined my life basically yes, and everybody else's lives i mean it's a group life ruining at this point. yeah <laughs> but more difficult for those of us who are extroverts but but that's beside <laughs> the point anyways shelby had the idea of let's watch well first shelby was like let's just do a roundup of like of pandemic the, movies yeah all the outbreak movies and matt is like oh i've only ever seen what was it a freaking i am legend <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, but uh, Vulture had a list of like 50 movies and the only one I had seen, I'm Legend. <laughs> this is your genre, Shelby. You love a pandemic, an yes, outbreak. You love a natural disaster, anything like that. That's not really my you know, go-to. So I haven't <laughs> but seen But is it movies. now? No, because <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I mean, maybe these movies, but I think I'm just going to have so much PTSD from this for the rest of my life that no. Although, 100%, how long before we get American Crime Story Coronavirus from Ryan Murphy? I'm saying 2023. Yeah, there's something already in the pipeline. All these, you know, movie and TV writers have nothing to do but sit at home and resent the coronavirus. So, something to look forward to. So, anyways, we decided to watch both Contagion, the 2011 movie, and Outbreak from 1995 that both focus on disease pandemics in the (laughs) United States and how people um, try to counteract them, deal with them, their negative effects in our world. And I I was talking about this a little bit on the last podcast, but my main takeaway from this is coronavirus is not that bad. So <laughs> these looked terrible in comparison to whatever I've seen with coronavirus. This was like nasty uh, stuff. Yeah. So be thankful that you're not bleeding uh, blood from worse. your eyes yeah. <laughs> or looking like Gwyneth Paltrow in this movie because she looked bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, Contagion, I obviously, it was one of those movies I saw in theaters. Like, I was very into the idea. It's a huge ensemble cast. I mean, everyone from Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Winslet, um, Lawrence Fishburne, Jude Law, Matt Damon, like, everyone under the sun. Uh, It was also directed by Steven Soderbergh, who does 
like everything. I mean, didn't he do Ocean's Eleven and Magic um, Mike? Magic Mike, Aaron, Aaron Brockovich, Brockovich yeah. Lucky Lo- Logan, Lucky. I didn't. Yeah. So um, it's like a weird so departure things. for him in a way, because um, this is a very like a, almost a quiet film. Like it's it's um, <laughs> I mean, it's just like weird because it's it's not like a singular plot. Right. Like there's a lot of vignettes. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of different characters. So it's like it moves along through these different characters, storylines and central to it probably is Matt Damon, who's married to Gwyneth Paltrow at the beginning. And they have. He has a daughter from another marriage, and then they have a young son together. And so he's sort of this emotional pull in the story. But I don't know. I mean, maybe he's not the main character. Maybe that's just who I connected to first. Like, would you argue there's a more main? Uh, well, I, I don't think this is a movie with a main character. Because, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, the the storyline that is the first storyline we encounter is the Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Matt Damon storyline. But then he's not necessarily like the main character. I mean, Outbreak is Dustin (laughs) Hoffman's story. Like we're following him through the whole thing, even if we are seeing clips of other people. Where in this, it's like he's a main character, but we also have a whole, the Marianne Cotillard storyline. There's the Lawrence Fishburne and um, uh, Kate Winslet storyline. There's the Jennifer Ely storyline. There's so many different things going on in this movie. So I I don't know the what the best way to talk about it. oh well it was also the screenwriter who wrote it wrote the born ultimatum but he is also the writer for the new james bond movie that got bumped. oh so, interesting you know, one movie gets bumped and another movie <laughs> comes back into yeah. Uh, popularity again yeah well i mean contagion was a big like a very positively received film when it first came out like this has 85 percent on rotten tomatoes people enjoyed it they found it realistic they thought it highlighted these like fears and it was it felt realistic in a sea of very you know usually your pandemic movies like world war z where it's about zombies or something like outbreak where there's explosions but this was more about how something like this could actually happen, which I think is why people immediately gravitated towards watching this when the coronavirus first started, first came to our awareness. Like everyone was like, oh, well, let's see how a virus spreads. And um, yeah, I think that's what is interesting about this film is just seeing how it affects all sorts of different people because you have the family unit with like the Matt Damon story, you have bloggers who are spreading misinformation with Jude Law's story. And then you have like the doctors with Kate Winslet and also the people trying to find a cure and people who are trying to communicate internationally. Like there's just a lot going on. But did you like the movie? Like what was your first impression of it since this was your first viewing? Yeah, I mean, I think that this movie came out like right as I was going into college my sophomore year, so I think that's why I didn't see it. I was I looked up the the opening like box office like what it was up against and this was the mm-hmm. movie that toppled the help. The help had been in theaters for 4 <laughs> weeks and had been number 1 and then this came out and I did see the help in theaters. <laughs> um but also, okay, just as a random game, I looked up the top 10 movies that were out this weekend and you would think 2011 like that's not that long ago you and i were both capable adults like we should have seen slash remember most of these movies so i want to know how many of these you have seen slash 
um, you can tell me what they are. So okay. number one was contagious. So obviously we saw that. Number Check. two is the help. You've Check. seen the help, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, number three, warrior. Did you see that? Uh, no, but that's the like wrestler one, right? Yes. <laughs> number four is the movie called The Debt. Do you know what that is? No. The Debt is a what appears to be some kind of uh, crime thriller starring Helen Mirren. So that oh, was number four. Uh, number five is Columbiana. Did you see that? No. <laughs> but I mean, take like 2016 before you were doing a podcast or had AMC A-list. Like, would you know the top 10 box office movies of some right, random but like, month? Like, I, you should at least have heard of these. <laughs> like, I was in the world. Columbiana is a Zoe Saldana vengeance movie. Then we have Rise of Planet the Apes, which is great. Shark oh, yeah. Knight 3D. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, I did, no? actually. <laughs> oh, oh, I should have known. I, sh- I literally, I should have known. I mean, I, I watched mean, it after the fact. Like, I streamed it one day. But, yes, I've seen it. What is Apollo 18? Do you know what that is? Isn't that the horror one? I don't know. Is it? I think it is. I think it's like a horror um, oh, like space a outer movie. space horror movie. Well, that yeah. sounds good. Maybe I should watch. Maybe <laughs> we should do that next week. Have you seen Our Idiot Brother? That's the next yes, one. Yes, actually. I did unfortunately see the, that. Who's in that? That's Paul Rudd. Or I think. Yeah, I think it's Paul Rudd. <laughs> the only other one that I've seen on this list is number 10, which is Spy Kids 4D, which I did see. <laughs> so... I did not see that one, so I guess you won that round. Congrats. I mean, you have to complete us for the franchise. But yeah, yeah so this movie did well. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was good and accurate, but I thought it was it was short. It was mm, only an hour and 40 minutes and it had so many characters that I felt like it was a little bit quick. And I think in today's age of the mini series that you could see this being like a chernobyl kind of thing and working a lot mm, better where you have yeah. like a little bit more time to focus on all of these people because i had trouble i mean i knew who they all were obviously but i felt like it was quick in some of the storylines and i was like wait what's going on with this where if we'd had like maybe four hours of this and it could have been divvied up a little bit more i would have been more into it right No, I can feel that. Like I, it's, that's what I meant by it being like a quiet film where it's sort of like, oh, like you want more, but you're not given a lot. And so you're, it's not like action driven per se. And I think that's why the science community liked it a lot, but that's why the general public was maybe more like, okay, like forgettable, you know, but I've watched it a few more times. They worked with the guy who, like, helped to eradicate smallpox, I guess, Mm. on all of, like, the accuracy of the disease control in the movie. And I was, while I was sitting there watching it, like, all of the things that we've been hearing about coronavirus for the past however long were all, like, popping up in this movie. And I had sort of thought that we had, like, come up with these terms recently or, like, these ideas. (laughs) But they were talking about social distancing. They were, like, wash your hands, don't touch your face, that whole thing. (laughs) And whatever. Washing your hands isn't a modern idea? (laughs) What? <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes you just you just a little splash in the water and you're done. Oh, yeah, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, 
And then whatever that number was that Kate Winslet was talking about of like, this is how many people you infect with the disease per per person who has it, which she said that if you get the flu, you only infect one other person with the flu. And I was like, clearly Kate Winslet's character has never been to any office that I have worked at <laughs> because everybody is freaking getting the flu in there. Yeah. No, I mean, it's interesting. I think the obviously the idea of a pandemic, of an outbreak has always been interesting to people. Like, that's why we're drawn to these weird stories, however campy they get. But like, I remember I read something that like the writer was like, he was just thinking like, man, how does this like transmission of viral of like disease work? And so that's what inspired this whole idea. So did you have like a favorite storyline maybe that's the best way to like jump into this yeah i mean i guess let's just go through these well i think the most like iconic one is the gwyneth paltrow (laughs) matt damon storyline where she is in some casino in china gets this disease doesn't realize she has it because you know she dies in a horrific way we have to make her a semi-unlikable person so she's cheating (laughs) on matt damon with some other guy she stops in chicago on her way back sleeps with him, infects him, and then comes back home where she then infects her son. And both her and her son die early in the movie in very like horrific ways, yeah. which I think was very surprising at the time because yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow is such a big star. And she does pop back up in flashbacks and things, but um, but her character is dead within like 15 minutes. I know. It was a very like scream moment where they used her in a lot of promotions. She's on the like poster on the DVD cover. So it's like, I think it's meant to shock and awe you, which it did. And at the time I was very anti Gwyneth Paltrow. I did not like her. So I, I appreciate at the time. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I've softened cause I just care less than I did when I was, I don't know. How old was I? Like, <laughs> why did you hate Gwyneth Paltrow in 2011? Wasn't that pre goop? I don't remember. I just found her very irritating and annoying. I I wish I could. My gosh. Maybe we'll have to do a birthday episode about her. I don't remember exactly. That but... would be fun. She'd be a good person <laughs> to do. Save that in our mind. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, I watched yeah. all the politician for something. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she's married to Matt Damon, who ends up you know traumatized watching his wife and young son die and immediately goes like obsessive dad mode with his older daughter and the rest of the movie is basically him trying to navigate this quarantine they're under and keeping her away from her boyfriend and fighting off people who are like trying to steal all the food that the government's pulling into the town for them so i mean that's what's going on in his court i was always sort of like I was more into like Kate Winslet side of things. I think um, she plays a epidemic like intelligence officer. And so she works. I don't know if she works at the CDC, but she's involved on like that level. Well, she works for Lawrence Fishburne, who I think is in charge of the CDC. And he sends her to Chicago, which is where the outbreak happens from Gwyneth Paltrow's affair. And so she gets sent there to sort of like investigate and try to figure out like where this started, what's happening. But she ends up catching the virus and then also dying like, I don't know, maybe halfway through the movie. She's Mm -hmm. gone pretty quickly, which again was surprising to me. But going back to Matt Damon, I think part of the issue with the Matt Damon character is, like you said, he sort of is the main character in that he's the person that 
is kind of like the through line through the whole yeah. movie. And yet very early on, he is told that he is immune and and that his daughter might be immune, but we don't know. And so that's why he's keeping the daughter in quarantine. But I think like killing the boy early on is a big choice. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy because usually they don't kill kids in movies. But you're then fairly certain that the daughter won't die in the rest of the movie because there's no <laughs> way they're going to kill both of Matt Damon's children and Matt Damon can't die so it's kind of like then for the rest of that plot I feel like the teeth are kind of taken out of it where with where with like Kate Winslet you're kind of like and with everybody else in the movie you're sort of like worried that at some point they might get it and then Kate Winslet does get it and dies but I guess then Mm -hmm. the connection here would be to talk about Lawrence Fishburne's character next I guess Yes. Um, he's doing, you know, he's doing good work. He's, uh, I mean, I don't remember how it ends for him. Well, he, his wife is in Chicago, yeah, which is where yeah. there's the virus. And they're planning on, what, like quarantining it yeah, and not letting anyone leave. Mm-hmm. So he calls her the evening before and is like, get out of town. That's right. And then somebody, I think it's Jude Law's character, the journalist, catches him doing this in some way shape or form and so then he's kind of outed as being like a bad cdc <sighs> leader because he let his daughter or his wife escape but yeah, he ends up done? fine i mean i feel like <laughs> jk it, we all probably <laughs> yeah i mean you tell your family like i don't yeah. th- i don't think i have that much integrity that i'm like <laughs> okay, I can't tell my wife to leave the city where everybody's dying. Like, it's not like, like, it's one thing if it's like, okay, either your (laughs) wife dies or everybody else dies. But it's another thing to be like, okay, either everybody and your wife dies or just everybody else dies and your (laughs) wife lives. It's like, okay, well, let your wife out of the place. Like, I don't care. one life, yeah. I I also wouldn't hold it against somebody if they did that. I mean, would you? Would you be like, you should have left your wife there to die? No, I guess what the question is that he should have told everybody, but then that's just like mass panel, right? Yeah, it's a messy situation. I, I didn't, I didn't judge him for it, but I feel like I guess what I would do is just like make it casual, like, oh, you should come home, you know, like just (laughs) don't give a reason. Just, uh, well, I don't think he gave a reason either. (laughs) He was just like, get in the car and start driving. (laughs) But then the problem was, is that she turned around and told another person. So that's that's the issue. Right. Loose lips sink ships. (laughs) Yeah. Which I guess the tie for Lawrence's character is Jude Law's character, who plays this yucky blogger, Alan, who has this crazy tooth situation (laughs) yes can we just talk about the tooth because it is a choice (laughs) where jude law plays a well i don't maybe since you knew that he was the bad guy the whole time like you you looked at him a different way but at the beginning i sort of thought that he was going to be like one of the good characters because he's a journalist and he's kind of like um you know, Jesus. looking around. I mean, but you don't really know. He yeah. He's the one who, though, first come, stumbles upon the fact that there's this virus going around and he's trying to pitch it to some news source. And they're like, no, that's not a like, that's not a story that we're going to cover. And he's like, well, when it's a big deal, like, don't run anything on it without me. So I thought that his role was going to be sort of like a 
like a journalism kind mm-hmm. like you know the post or something where it's like no one believes me but i'm a journalist and i'm doing the research <laughs> but then it turned out that he was a conspiracy theorist who was like pushing these homeopathic yeah cures and inciting riots but the main point about him is that they gave him this fake front tooth which is like sticking away <laughs> far out of his mouth and I don't understand the choice behind this. I was looking online and they said that they gave it to him because they wanted, they thought he looked too attractive to be a journalist, yeah. which rude, but, <laughs> um, but also it was just so distracting. And then I was Googling like, does Jude like usually have that te- tooth? Did he have that tooth at one point? And then he's just had it fixed recently. Like You're what like, is going no. on? But, but no, yeah. it's a fake tooth and it was just haunting. Yeah. I, as soon as I knew we were watching this, I was like, oh, he'll have something to say about about that mouth I guess I don't remember exactly my first impression of Jude but he always felt so slimy and like self-centered so I think the tooth was just to also feed into that perception (laughs) yeah I guess Uh, bad bad tooth bad person that's a model to live by (laughs) um the most interesting casting role I think is that the woman who finds the vaccine for all of this and is sort of like the savior of the movie one of the only like real good people who sacrifices herself sort of because she thinks she has the idea for the vaccine she doesn't want to put it through all this animal testing so she just gives it to herself and then goes to a hospital where there's sick people and basically like if the vaccine works she survives if she doesn't if it doesn't work she dies and that role is played by Jennifer Ely, who I think is probably most well-known for yes. being the uh, Elizabeth Bennett in the original like Pride and Prejudice uh, oh, miniseries. Yeah. But for that being what I think is maybe like the best role or one of the best roles in the movie to have it, to give it to the least well-known star, I thought <laughs> was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it was sort of... Uh... I I remember hearing about it like oh the Pride and Prejudice actress is back I don't know if she'd like just hadn't done work in a while or if she really or if she had just done like lowlist stuff but it was a thing it was like people were talking about that so I don't know if it was meant to pull out that Pride and Prejudice audience or um, it was just a chance for her to uh, to flex a muscle that I think people knew she must have. I thought she did a good job. I was glad that they cast her and she had that sort of, I don't know, like it is weird to watch Jude Law and Gwyneth Paltrow try to be unattractive. And like, I think a lot of the other cast felt more like normal in comparison. And so she fit in there, you know? Um, I'm just looking at the stuff. I mean, she's she was in other movies in this time period. But she yeah, was in the King's Speech, my... apparently. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. My, but uh, maybe this was circle. her first, like, bigger role. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing her in um, in Vox Lux, the Natalie Portman <laughs> movie, a couple years ago, and being like, who is that? And then being like, oh, <laughs> it's Pride and Prejudice Girl. Yeah. Doing well, good work. That's- that's everybody who I think uh, really matters to the plot line of this movie. <laughs> and then we have Marianne Cotillard, who could have been easily cut. I don't yeah. understand why she's in this movie or what this plot line is here for. Um, do you want to try to explain this to the uh, general public? <laughs> I mean, it is a weird one. It's So she is, she works for who? So the World Health Organization. And I think... 
her whole story is basically that she is she's somewhere abroad for who talking about this and oh she's in Hong Kong and then a government person kidnaps her to use her as like I guess leverage to make sure that this village where his family lives will get the vaccine first and so she's basically just kidnapped and kept in this in this small town for the length of the movie and I think you really only revisit her at the end when they do have a cure and who exchanges enough vaccines for the villagers for her but then they tell her like oh we just given them a placebo we're getting you out of here like let's go give the cure to all our white friends basically and so she has had this moral awakening I think is the point and she runs out of the car to go warn the villagers that they haven't actually been cured so I think her like character exists to just show that like the sort of privilege that comes sometimes with these organizations who aren't thinking of the the little people you know like I think that was that was the angle I got where it's highlighting the the bias and the white privilege there but it felt very Stockholm syndrome she (laughs) was like kidnapped and held hostage for (laughs) however long and then she's like oh no now I must defend these people I mean but she wasn't like abused she wasn't like she wasn't like hurt they were just like we just need this you know it was a very empathetic position they took but she was kidnapped (laughs) and held hostage yeah but again it was just a a reckoning of her own worldview to realize like the desperation and to have it turn out that it was rightfully placed because the who the world health organization didn't care about that one village it was gonna secure like la first you know what i mean I mean, yeah, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Looking at the group of characters, there is a lot of plot lines, but it feels like most people are either A, attached to the victim side and the Gwyneth Paltrow side. So they're coming off from like Gwyneth Paltrow and the other people who have the disease, or they're connected with this group with Lawrence Fishburne and this group of people who are curing the disease. Mm -hmm. And she really isn't connected to either group at (laughs) any point in the movie. So it feels like it's a character that I heard that Marianne Cotillard like really wanted to be in this movie. She really wanted to work with Steven Soderbergh. So I wonder if this was kind of like in a draft and they were like, we need something for her, but (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. She's European. So they were like world health organization. That that feels (laughs) like it's right. What did you think about the scene at the end? Because the final yes. moments of the movie is this montage of like a bat eating a banana that then they drop and it's a pig and the pig eats it. But basically how the the virus was made and then the chef like cuts up the pig and then shakes hands with Gwyneth Paltrow and that's yes. how she got the disease in the first place, which I thought was an interesting way to end it. I loved it. I I found it so like chilling and it was interesting looking at it now like At first, you're like, OMG, like, what a crazy coincidence. But now it's like the entire thing starts with like this bulldozer taking out rainforest. Like it's deforestation that causes these animals to move out of their habitats. It's causing these situations where it's like the bat fall or falls into the this like pig farm. And so it's just is a very clever way to address a lot of modern issues and like to use that to show like how quickly something like this can spread because there's just a there's just a lack of care in everything even to the guy who doesn't wash his own hands after handling raw meat so I loved it I thought it was such a provocative way to end the film 
I mean, go, just going back to something that we talked about earlier, one thing that I think uh, is, I mean, this this disease is much more scary than coronavirus, but the nice thing <laughs> about the diseases in both of these movies is that they have, like, a pretty short shelf life, and you, like, know if you have it, so there's not this, like, 14-day invisible disease thing that we got going on with coronavirus. Mm, so yeah. that, at least, is uh, an interesting difference. But let's get into... Outbreak, the 1995 movie, which <laughs> controversial opinion, I liked this one more than I liked Contagion. Just because I felt mm. like Contagion was a little bit all over the place. This movie is bonkers. Like, <laughs> the most unrealistic yeah. things yes. happen in this movie. Yeah. But all it's directed by the person who did the never-ending story and Troy <laughs> and Poseidon and Air Force One, yes. if that gives you a vibe for it. But loud. also, it's like, it's following one, like, through line the whole time. So, mm-hmm. and I think it, it does a better job of, like, showing you all the characters and, like, focusing on them all, where some people, it feels like, are getting a little short shrift in the um, contagion. Yeah. I um I saw this one, I think, like, I don't remember if it was, like, with my family or one time in college or something, but I definitely watched it. And then during the last sort of nervousness with the Zika outbreak, my husband and I watched this and I was like, oh, my gosh, this movie's so good. You're going to love it. And then as we started, I was like, wow, this is way worse than I remember. So I'm interested that you enjoyed it so much. Was it was it because you were laughing at it or you felt like it did what it meant to do? I mean, I wasn't laughing at it. It's very campy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole sequence. Because so basically it's, you know, the same rigmarole with the diseases, except for this time it's an Ebola, a version of Ebola that comes from Africa that gets transferred by a <laughs> monkey to this town in California. And mm-hmm. so basically only the town in California gets the disease, but it's killing a lot of people. So they're having to decide or they're trying to figure out how to treat it. And then later in the movie, the government is deciding whether or not they should just destroy the whole town in order to eliminate the virus or not. But there's a sequence at the end of the movie where Dustin Hoffman, who is the main character, like hijacks a helicopter (laughs) and is driving this helicopter like, up and down the coast of California in search of this monkey that is like, who knows where the monkey is, but they end up tracking it to like this forest that they, it's, it's a wild sequence that is the most unrealistic thing that could ever possibly happen in an outbreak. But that being said, I did enjoy the kind of like heistiness of Cuba Gooding Jr. and Dustin Hoffman stealing this helicopter and like flying it around (laughs) looking for a magical monkey and then creating a vaccination in like all of two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was a lot going on. I mean, the film opens with like the government destroying a camp of soldiers because of this virus to like hide the outbreak. And then, and then I think they do it again. Like there's a lot of explosion. There's a lot of government conspiracy. And at the heart of it is this monkey who was stolen to be sold on the black market, taken to this small town in California, released into the woods. And it's just helplessly infecting all these random people it runs into um, but this movie also stars uh, Kevin Spacey. So yes, 
Yes. When he popped up on the school, they've smartly removed him from the poster or whatever (laughs) that I was looking at. It had Dustin Hoffman, Rene Rousseau and Morgan Freeman, but not Kevin Spacey on there. And so when he popped up with like weirdly dyed red hair, I was (laughs) I was like, that's not his natural hair color. I don't know why he has this hair color. I was like, Kevin Spacey. I will say that I think Kevin Spacey might have been the best actor in the movie. So that was sort of awkward of like, well, well yeah, he, he won a couple Bodies like he won a couple critic circle awards for supporting actor in this. He's kind of like uh, Kevin Spacey's like sassy assistant, I guess you'd say. And he dies halfway through the movie because he tear. He's very tired and he's working overtime and he tears his suit. So he uh, gets <laughs> wait, the wait, virus wait. You and mean then he's... dies a bloody a bloody death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, Dustin Hoffman's assistant. Oh, who right? did I say? You said Kevin yes. Spacey. And I was oh, no. Up, Kevin Spacey yeah, yeah, yeah. is Dustin yeah, Hoffman's yeah, yeah. assistant. Kevin yeah. Spacey and Cuba Gooding Jr. are both <laughs> Dustin Hoffman's assistant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, assistant is the wrong term because Dustin Hoffman is like a colonel and they're like lieutenants and Whatever. majors. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> they're... But they're like, and but Cuba Gooding Jr. especially is, in, is new. He just started yes. this job working for disease control or whatever their yeah. whatever their technical term yeah. is because he like throws up in his suit at the beginning <laughs> and almost dies from that. The most interesting part of this movie, I thought, is that Patrick Dempsey mm. from Grey's Anatomy, who I feel like I usually think of as like a put together kind of person, is playing this. Like rock and roll, long haired hippie animal smuggler person. And he's the one who Mm -hmm. takes the monkey initially and causes all of the issues. But when he's transporting the monkey, he like gives them the monkey like milk or water or something in a bottle. And the monkey spits it out on Patrick Dempsey, who has his mouth open at the time. And that's how he gets infected, which I was like, well, that's a way for it to happen. If only that had happened with the pig and Gwyneth Paltrow in Contagion. Yeah. (laughs) Then you would have liked it more. Possibly. Um, Yeah, no. I mean, the problem with this movie, I think, in comparison to Contagion and especially in comparison to watching like a real virus sort of get out of hand with our current state. It feels like a lot more unrealistic and that just, I I don't know. I mean, you have to be in the right mood to enjoy Outbreak. And if you're looking for like some sort of mental um, exercise in virus, I don't think that's the one you'll want to lean towards. Well, the the disease is much worse than the disease yes. than coronavirus or the disease in contagion. I mean, basically, like your innards. I mean, it's Ebola. Your like innards melt. You're like mm-hmm. bleeding out all of your orifices. Ooh. It looks terrible. No, like Kevin Spacey looks horrific in the part of the movie where he is dying. Um, and then yeah, just everything else is. I mean, there's it's my, everything else is like heightened. It feels very Hollywoody, where Contagion feels much more like. I mean, it's all Hollywood actors, but it feels like much more normal. However, Outbreak made a lot more money than Contagion made, and Outbreak came out like 15 years earlier. So you also have yeah. to factor in inflation. So that's an interesting uh, counterpoint. Yeah, I mean, those are the two viral movies i'm proud of you for watching them do you feel like what was your takeaway in light of the coronavirus that you're just lucky (laughs) 
it's I not mean, that bad. Honestly, yes, because <laughs> these diseases looked so terrible and had a much higher death rate that right. I think that if we were, I mean, people were freaking out at the grocery store, but I think other than that, everyone <laughs> has been fairly calm fairly put together everyone Mm -hmm. there hasn't been any riots or anything that i've seen i mean people on the internet are shaming everyone into their (laughs) homes so it feels very like the u.s for as much as the government is screwing this up is like doing a good job and trying to get everything in order for a disease that is not as scary as something in the movies so i feel watching these made me feel good about like what we're doing and that everything is going to probably ultimately be okay. Where with these viruses, there was a much more of a threat of like, okay, we cannot let these spread anywhere. Everybody who gets them is going to die. Nobody's safe. Like this looks terrible. So do you think you'll keep watching pandemic movies or uh, is this your, are you tapping out? (laughs) You know, honestly, we shall see because (laughs) I mean, I'm not really planning on watching any of them, but Depending on how long this goes and what my interests are and what I'm doing. Because I'm, I, between work and this book, I'm like fairly busy with stuff through the rest (laughs) of this month. But if we get into April and then get into May, like I don't know what I'll be doing with my life at those, at that point. So who knows what I'll be watching? Yeah. Um, It's really anyone's game. Or That's if tough. I will have gone crazy and have to be carted <laughs> off to some hospital someplace. So That's a high also possibility. An option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like running through the streets naked <laughs> at some point come like middle of April. Like, take me, Ooh. take me. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're all coping in our own ways. So do what Are you got to do. Are you watching more Contagion movies? I mean, you're reading a Contagion I'm, book. Yeah, you watch I'm, these. I feel like I've seen a lot. Like I love, I love zombie movies as we all know. Um, so I've been tempted to revisit World War Z, which I think is a pretty good zombie film. Twenty Eight Days Later is like very scary, but that's more about a virus, like an outbreak, and that's interesting. You also have your Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which is honestly, that's a scary one because I hate monkeys and. I hate how like intelligent they are already. So the idea that they get more intelligent is alarming to me. But have you seen that? Have you seen this? The remakes? The I mean the. No, I I I'm, I maybe saw one of them at some point, mm-hmm. like on vacation, partly. <laughs> yeah. But no, I have never gone and like watched any of those. The James Franco one is pretty interesting and cool. I liked it, even though I don't like James Franco that much. Um, I I'll have to look at that list of the forty-eight the vulture movies or whatever yeah you can just I feel watch like I've your seen way through all, all of them, them. yeah <laughs> i'd well, be surprised but so i was talking to this woman at my new job and i was uh i can't remember how we were talking about it but we were talking about something and i and i said oh like i might watch kingdom because that's like a new show that's that's out and I have a friend who likes that and she was like your friend likes kingdom I love these kind of things let me give you recommendations for your friend so then she literally got out a pen and paper (laughs) and started writing down a list of things for you to see so I wanted to see if you had seen any of these well she said train to Busan which I know you've seen but did you know that there was an animated prequel to that I knew about it I haven't watched it I'm not like she said it was great 
Okay. She said it was good. Apparently, it's okay, called Soul okay. Station. Okay, she I'll also told me Shadow. Have you watched this show, Shadow? It's like no. another like Asian zombie thing. I'm and then this down. and then some show called Rampant, which I think is another Asian zombie show. So wow, thank you're you. into it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she was giving me the list, and I told her I'd pass it along. So Perfect. Shadow and Rampant, go for it. I think they're both on Netflix or streaming in some variety because I I'm think that's sure. how she watches them. Well, that's um, great. I appreciate the recommendation. I I also saw people talking about this film Carriers starring Chris Pine. And I I would recommend that to you. I think it's a very interesting. It's sort of like a apocalyptic, like this car full of friends is trying to survive. And they're on this road trip to some sort of, uh, um, I don't know, safe zone. And so it's all it's like a road trip movie. And I know you love those. So. <laughs> Yeah, but do I want a road trip apocalyptic movie? I also, I watched for the article that I wrote for BuzzFeed on Margot Robbie, I wrote, I watched Z for Zechariah, which is another mm. Chris Pine post-apocalyptic movie where, where, um, uh, I can't remember who the third person is, but there's Margot Robbie and Chris Pine and a third person who are like in a love triangle at the end of the world. And it's mm-hmm. sort of a hot mess of a movie, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do two Chris Pine apocalyptic yeah. movies. I might just watch Princess Diaries 2 instead and call it a day. <laughs> That's fair too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options out there. I guess technically Vulture put together a list of 58 that you can stream. Um, but do you have some rapid fire questions about these two movies we watched? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> so in an actual pandemic situation, so like, oh, okay. I mean, Not coronavirus in, but... withstanding, yeah. <laughs> no, like a worse one. Like, let's say it is the disease from outbreak and it's spreading okay. around the world. What are you doing to survive? Like, what's your game plan? <sighs> I've talked with Rob about this a lot. I mean, I think as the world collapses, my will to live like sort of just goes down too. So <laughs> I feel like I would just be holed up and see how it goes but I might end up being that like you know I feel like there's always that moment where a survivalist is like going through an old house and they realize someone committed suicide there and that would probably be me (laughs) what (laughs) Shelby that is not the answer that we're looking for in this dire (laughs) moment of just like oh my gosh okay Um, no that's the line is if if I'm like if it's a choice between dying or eating my dog I'll probably just you know Make Shelby, the I feel like I the can't. answer here is obvious. <laughs> you are from Utah. You own a car. <laughs> you get in the car. You drive yes, into yes. the we middle would, of no we place. We would try to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my but the problem just... is, the problem is that we live in Houston, and so we'd have to be able to navigate all the way back to Utah. And I've seen enough of these movies that there's like a lot to contend with on your path, you know, like not only the disease, but the, the rioters, the murderers, the, you know, the lack of food, the lack of water. If we lose our cell service, how do we find our way home? You know, I'm still, I just want to go back. I just want to go back to the point where you said that you would rather kill yourself than (laughs) eat your dog. Yes. I feel like that is not a good place to be. I'm sorry. I can't. She's perfect. She's my family. You can't ask that of me. Like, why would I want to live in a world where 
I'm required to eat my own dog. You know, like, because <laughs> here's the thing, Shelby, is that for this this disease, it only has like a 24 hour shelf life. So you oh, okay, really okay. only you're have right, to last right. like a couple months. Well, then I'd be fine. That, and then you're fine. But I wouldn't eat my dog. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, my gosh. As someone I... who's never owned a dog, I would <laughs> eat the dog so fast. <laughs> well, that's why you're not invited to my quarantine zone. OK, what would you Whatever. what would your what would you do? Because well, you obviously I mean, don't like quarantine. <laughs> yeah, bad at quarantine. Um, I think I would just go. To, I would go to Michigan. Like that's. Mm. I would try to get there. Yeah. The prob- The difficulty though is that I do not have a car because I'm in New York. So yeah. mm, I might you know you'd die on the way. But you'd whatever. have to hitchhike. You'd have to walk. You'd have to. What if I it think was I winter? Could bike. I could oh. bike. Oh, if it was win, if it was winter, I'd be better. You know, I think I'd be better in the winter. Oh, interesting. Because people are more holed up. There's less people around. You know, I think mm-hmm. that the spread of the disease would be slower in the winter. Mm, that's true. Okay, this is a dark question, but I thought oh, I gosh. guess I thought I knew your answer. But would you rather be patient zero or suffer through a a pandemic of epic proportions? I mean, do I live in the end um, if I suffer through it, or do well, I die still? I guess. I mean, <laughs> okay, sure. You have a you have a thirty percent survival way, rate. Am I? Do I get to be famous if I'm the patient zero? <laughs> do people know, or does everyone? Die? I mean, they would know for a moment, and then they'd all be dead. So wait, does everybody die? <laughs> I have a lot of questions. This. I think I think ultimately, I'm the type of person who would not want to be patient zero. I would mm. rather like. If you I'm if live. I'm going to die of the same disease either now or later, mm. I'd rather yeah. die of it later and have a 30% right. chance to survive. Although, you know, you probably, you know, wouldn't <laughs> want to, I don't know, like if it means eating meat, I'll just, you know, I'll, if it means it's about not having almond milk, do me It's in. about eating my own personal sweet puppy who loves me and leans on me for sustenance. You know, if it's the know? dog or me, it's the dog. <laughs> it's it's not a difficult choice. Okay. If you were the patient zero in a weird disease movie, how would you be, like, what is the way that you would contract the weird disease? <laughs> um... I guess what would happen to me is that I, whenever I go to restaurants, I have to try something new and I've often ended up ordering some really weird stuff just cause I'm like, like I once, I once got this weird, like, I don't remember exactly what it was. It had something with oxtail and it made my whole body like go numb for like 20 minutes. Like I did, I thought I was having an allergic reaction. So I feel like it would be a scenario like that where I'm like, oh, I'm at this streetcar. Like, let's try something fun, you know? And then I'd end up being the only one who gets sick because no one else tried it. I think that mine would come from not washing my hands and being (laughs) in New York City. Because in general, I don't wash my hands that much because i'm just like sort of unconcerned about diseases right. which apparently that's bad because you know i'm just always carrying multiple diseases right, that i don't yeah. personally get but i'm just passing along to everyone's grandmother yeah. personally wow. um wait so, so it's my turn like um oh, okay if you okay so it's the coronavirus is over you're casting a movie to be like contagion but about corona who do you want to star in it um like in the various roles yeah um, well you don't have to specify the roles but like your dream I mean, ensemble cast i feel like anne hathaway would be so good as nation <laughs> zero in a movie do you not think <laughs> that would be she'd just yeah, she'd live fall for that apart. role yeah she'd oh enjoy my gosh, that she'd be so good um so i think definitely you want her um 
you know, my go-to answer for everything is just always Michael B. Jordan. I feel like he would just mm-hmm. be great in anything. Yeah. Um, let's think about Give this. Give him a few years. He could play <laughs> Idris Elba. <laughs> <sighs> who, would, who would be a good person who's, like, bad who I would want? Lena Dunham would be a great person <laughs> to be in the movie but as, like... Carry it? she'd be so good as the jude law role yeah you know? she'd be like i could picture her as like a millennial who's like no i still want to go to brunch you know <laughs> i don't know because see that role for me it's feels like, oh, like it would yeah, be played I... by someone very differently <laughs> i think i'll that, just go i think that's the that's the michael b that's the michael b jordan look that's the michael b jordan role i think <laughs> yeah i would want really to he's see... just trying to support local businesses <laughs> you know and right, people right, are sort right. of For making sure. like a big yeah. deal out of it when they oh, were just definitely. in a big grocery oh, store line the day yeah. before. So, sense, you know, like, mm, I don't know. But yeah, I think oh, I want to see um, both of the boys from. Oh, I just forgot the name of it. Uh, the the Zathura. No, wait, give me a the, the Hitler the movie. Oh my gosh. What the F? Jojo Rabbit. That? Jojo Rabbit. Thank you. Oh my gosh. The one that you predicted to win best costume design. I'll I just think, bring that I up. I think memory again. forgetfulness is a symptom. Like, I'm serious. I'm. What? <laughs> no, it is not. I do. I have I not read is. that. I think that is a fake oh symptom. Gosh. I've looked at some of those lists and they're like, they're like 3% of people had a diarrhea. And I was <laughs> like, they did not have diarrhea from coronavirus. They had that separately and they're reporting that as a symptom, yeah, but that is yeah. not connected. You know what? The you whole cast diarrhea of, from a the whole cast of Jojo disease. Rabbit would actually be pretty fun because I think the kids would Rebel be Wilson. interesting. And um, yeah, you'd have Rebel Wilson. You have uh, Sam, what's his face? Obviously, um, Taika. YTT, who would have a lot of fun in Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. She'd be good in the Gwyneth role. Yeah, exactly. So let's just take them and give them a new opportunity. So, okay. Um, my last question Who is the best actor and the worst actor from these two combined movies? Mm. Like, if you had to give an Oscar to one and a Razzie to somebody, <laughs> who would they be going to? Okay. I think, I think for Contagion, um, no, the you only Razzie? get one between the two of them. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, 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 okay. Let me think. So well, everyone's think... competing <laughs> against each other. Let's see. Let me remember the characters in Outbreak, because one of them's definitely getting the Razzie. Um, I guess maybe Patrick... Well, did Cuba Gooding do a good job, or... Eh, it's okay. <laughs> I think Patrick Dempsey would get the Razzie, and I think uh, Kate Winslet would get the oscar for her peace and contagion really oh i think that jude law is getting the razzie that's uh-huh, what i'm yeah, giving it to your bias against teeth though the we tooth, all know that the tooth <laughs> is bad i don't i don't necessarily think his acting is very great although i don't know what matt damon i also didn't think was very good in contagion yeah but honestly like bad uh, honestly i think probably the best actor in either of these movies was Kevin Spacey, which I don't want to say, <laughs> but I think that's true. Are you serious? What about Gwyneth Paltrow? She made you believe that she was sick. Like, that's I crazy. Okay, uh, maybe, you know, and I also think Jennifer Ely did a good job, so maybe yeah. I'll give it to her, but yeah. I do think that... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe you have the coronavirus, too. It's affecting your <laughs> memory or something. Uh, but, um... 
thank you for watching those movies. I know that was a, a struggle for you, but I'm glad it brought you some some positivity in looking at our current situation. So at least we're not uh, all bleeding from our eyes. Wise that is that. true. That <laughs> is very, very true. Um, we'll be back next week with a pop culture roundup on Tuesday, maybe to discuss non-corona things, but I <laughs> doubt it. Um, and then Thursday, st- undisclosed what we're doing. Ew. Maybe we'll be watching The Hunch um, <laughs> yeah. because, you know, they're releasing it. Yeah, but... my Venmo is Shelby-Boyer if you want me <laughs> to watch that for $20. But... Yes, I'll, be, uh, think I'll of see. all the money that you personally are saving, like not going out to eat, not do <laughs> the least you could do is support the economy a little bit by paying $20 uh, to yeah, Emma Roberts, we'll who is in need. <laughs> so, did you already see the hunt though in theaters? Did you? No, I one? didn't. Oh, I interesting. Did wow. Because I saw, well, here's the thing like, whoa, the. The the plans all everything that I did this weekend was stuff that I had had planned for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. we went to like slightly nicer restaurants because of the quarantine <laughs> or whatever. But I was planning on getting brunch with those people. I was planning, so I was planning on seeing First Cow with a group of friends and right. onward with somebody. I see. And I was thinking about yesterday going to see the hunt, or maybe mm-hmm. even to like sometime this week. But then the theaters got shut down. So, R.I.P. Yikes. to that plan. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see how it shakes out. But in the meantime, you can find us on all our social media at PS You're Wrong on Twitter and Facebook. And be sure to leave us a review because we all know you've got nothing better to do. So, yeah, yeah, you're stuck at your home with your uh, <laughs> iPhone. So, if we don't get a crap ton of reviews this week, I am going to be upset. Okay, see you guys next week. Bye.